Welcome, dear friends, to the Taviret, a Wheel of Time podcast hosted by three gentlemen for whom the very wheel itself bends around. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Bill, Rob, and Rich. Well, welcome, everybody, and uh, welcome to our first official episode of the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast. My name is Rob Lennon. And my name is Bill. And over and... there, we have Rich. <laughs> For those that don't know, uh, the three of us are <laughs> in different time zones. Bill's uh, being a little bit farther away. Uh, he's got London time, I've got Eastern Standard Time. And our third member, which hopefully you'll be meeting next episode, is, uh, I think he's uh, Central Standard Time in America. So... We try to coordinate what we can, but hopefully we'll have a complete set for you uh, next episode. <laughs> one, one day. <laughs> one day. One, he does exist. Trust yes. us. One day we'll all make it. But yes, we do. We do have. A, we do have our own rand. We're just waiting for him to wake up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, how's it going? Uh, how's it going, Bill? Doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, the last forty-eight hours, uh, I've had my first ever Twitch stream. Uh, <laughs> I went to see Endgame, and uh, the Battle of Winterfell happened, so it's been a pretty pretty good time for me. <laughs> How was Endgame? Brilliant. Yeah. Must, must watch. Must watch. Absolutely. If, you, if you, anybody listening to this hasn't watched it yet, pause and go watch it. Then come back. <laughs> or, or, you know, you know, listen to us first. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Both work. Yeah. Both work. No, it'll work. Well, so, um, any Wheel of Time news? Uh, apparently, JordanCon was going on uh, just last week. Um, we just, like I said, we, we just started epilogue, our post on our epilogue just last week. We are just immensely in, in, impressed with the response that we've gotten and all the love that we received from the Wheel of Time community. Thank you to everybody who's reached out to us. Um, yeah, there was Jordan Con on. I guess it was a three or four day event. I think it was in Florida, um, complete with panels and and there was a dance at the end. Uh, <laughs> a dance. <laughs> and there was a dance and all kinds of just craziness going on. And uh, we'll have to uh, this... we'll have to get some sort of like a Jordan Con roundup for next week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I also inquired as to when the uh, announcement for Jordan Con twenty twenty happening maybe one of the three of us could, could mosey on down there <laughs> i think that'd have to be uh, either yourself or rich <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a mosey for yourself huh? yeah i don't know how my wife would feel about me spending a couple of grand you know getting plane tickets to go to jordan <laughs> i think she'd be mighty annoyed <laughs> yes yes um uh, don't worry you take the kids <laughs> i've got this very important thing i've got to go to. <laughs> exactly exactly so without any further ado, uh, this is episode one of season one. So we will be talking about, believe it or not, chapter one. Chapter one, a, uh, an, an, empty, an empty road. An empty road. The road less traveled. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, chapter opens as do all chapter ones with the epic first paragraph. Don't worry, me and Bill will not read it again. <laughs> oh, I was going to read it every time. <laughs> <laughs> we, want to, we want to actually have listeners. Yeah, there, there was a wind. <laughs> Someone somewhere <laughs> broke wind, and the story begins. 
we could probably do the opening paragraph every beginning of every book, but we'll <laughs> um, that. Yeah, yeah, we'll do the opening paragraph for every book because they are all special and unique. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Uh, but all the same, in the same <laughs> sense. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I love that paragraph though. It is great. It's a great opening. It's 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 a, it's a great mood setter. It, it you know as as I mentioned when I read the uh, opening that opening paragraph from Memory of Light, it, it every the weight and the gravitas was like okay this is all <laughs> this is all ahead. Yeah, and I'm that re- paragraph. I'm reading. Yeah, I'm definitely reading something special here. <laughs> yes, exactly. The wheel of time turns, and so does our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ever moving forward. So as we start in the Trump age, so, <laughs> at the end of ages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this chapter, as, as we ended the epilogue with epic, epic proportions of massive, massive magic, destroying worlds and creating mountains, we open this chapter with a couple of blokes just delivering some brandy to the local village. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we've oh. got uh, Mr. Tam L4 makes his, uh, his own hooky brandy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it brandy or cider? <sighs> I think there's both. Uh, both a few casks of cider and a few casks of brandy for the older. older yeah, because he, talk, he talks about the apples and stuff and melting them down. Yep, yep, yep. And without much, much uh, going by within the third paragraph, we get the mention of our main character, Rand Althor. George wastes no time introducing his main character. No, jump straight in there immediately. They're walking. They're walking down a, a rather unwelled, uh, an unused road. <laughs> um, it's almost like their own private road, isn't it? It goes from their farm yeah, in the westward, uh, exactly, down to the the local the local village, which is called the Two Rivers, with their trusty steed Bella. Yes, Bella. Oh, all right. We've got to do some sort of Bella watch as the uh, the books goes on, because I think yes. Bella's journey is almost as good as Rand's. <laughs> I'd almost <laughs> like to do. I'd almost like to do a book where I only, where all you only read the parts of Bella. <laughs> how big, uh, if you mentioned that Jordan had a folder for every character, or how big Bella's folder was. I know. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that. You know, I've, <laughs> you know, I'll, I think once the TV series comes out, I'll, I'll, if I remember, I'll tweet Brandon Sanderson and Harriet, is it McDoodle? McDoodle? His wife? Yeah. Uh, well, Jordan's ex wife. And who is Harriet? Oh, Harry, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll text them both and be like, hey, guys. <laughs> Bella. <laughs> let, us, let, us, let us see the Bella folder. Come on. Give us some love. <laughs> so immediately in the next paragraph, we're introduced to our second character of the book, as you mentioned, Tam Althor. Uh-huh. And one thing I noticed was the way that Jordan, through Rand, describes Tam. You just get this incredible, incredible sense of pride in his father. Mm. The fact that Rand even paused to look over at Tam made him feel shameful that he wasn't manning his side of the road. Yes. Then, yeah. Yeah. There, um, there's a lot of talk in the opening chapter about winter and how it hasn't ended. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, He goes on about how uh, lambs have been uh, giving birth to stillbirths, crops that should have grown haven't grown yet, and it was the still wolf. cold. And the whole time they're being battered by this wind, where you know, like yes. I said, someone farted somewhere. The wolf problem had been increasing. Yeah, bears have been seen, and bears haven't been seen for donkey's years. Uh, so <laughs> everyone is kind of it sets you on edge. It's letting yes. you know that something's not right in the world. Not just you know, not just this little part of the world, but the entire world. 
something's mm -hmm. something's not right and it's putting people on edge and people are feeling the fear and Rand's you know he's being whipped by this wind he doesn't he can't keep hold of his cloak because he's got his bow in his hand yeah ready ready to react at a moment's notice yeah from his father's teachings from his father's teachings and he looks over at Tam and he, and he even comments that Tam's cloak is just flapping in the breeze and it's unaffected <laughs> Tam. Yeah, Tam. We may have our we may have our first ignore the wind, ignore the weather uh, count here. Maybe kind of unofficial. <laughs> not not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I wouldn't count that as an ignore the weather. Although Tam is definitely ignoring the weather. But yeah, yeah. we're just kind of setting the scene that you know Tam is uh, he's hard as old leather, that guy. Don't cross him at all. <laughs> nah. So, you know, part of the eeriness is Rand gets a suspicious kind of prickles on the back of his neck feeling and turns around. And what does he see? He sees a, a, a cloaked figure on a horse from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to get someone to take out of that. <laughs> Just immediate sensations of, of dread and, and, and wrongness just immediately falls through him. And even still, he can ask him, what's going on? Uh, mm -hmm. Yes, he um, moment. <laughs> he saw something, but nothing. Eh. And Tam decided, you know, keep moving forward, son. You know, sometimes sometimes nothing's can be something, but let's just keep keep focusing. Yes. So Get our task done. The man on the horse, though, let's, let's note that Rand and Tam are both being battered by this wind that they've been talking about. But the man on the horse, his cloak doesn't move. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the big bit to note here. And it really sets that's what sets Rand on edge. Tam, yes. Tam, you know, says, hey, what are you looking at? <laughs> Rand looks away, <laughs> looks back and the, and the figure is gone. Uh, and he, but the important thing here is that Rand doesn't tell him, doesn't tell Tam, you know, he doesn't say, oh, the, there was a guy on the, he says there was a guy on a horse, but he's not there now. Uh, but he doesn't say his coat, his cloak wasn't moving. Cause no. I think if he'd have said that to Tam, that would have triggered something, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yes. we could have skipped seven books, <laughs> <laughs> but, but he didn't, he didn't, he doesn't mention that to Tam. He just sees him and goes, I thought I saw someone over there. And Tam's just like, nah, it's playing tricks on you. But this is where we get the first mention of the void. Ah, oh, that's right. Which is very important. So the void is kind of a uh, a mind cleansing technique that's going to pop up a lot mm -hmm. <laughs> as we go on through the books. So uh, yep. everyone, join everyone, join in with me. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening at home, whatever you're doing, if you're at work, stop what you're doing, <laughs> put everything down, close your eyes, and imagine a flame burning away just a single candle flame and now take all of your emotions all of your anxieties all of your fears all of your hopes and dreams and just funnel it all into the flame and let your minds become empty welcome to the middle of meditation hour <laughs> with the Tarvian podcast um, <laughs> um, and you have entered the void now you have the reactions of a cat such tranquility <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes. So this is some sort of a weird army technique that uh, Tam learned in his uh, youth <laughs> when he went out to that, explore the world. That's right. And then what Brand uses to expert levels to to uh, 
You yeah. certain other abilities that come later in the series. Well, yeah, the, at this point, he mentions that Tan uses it during the archery contest during the Bell Time Festival each year. Mm-hmm. And so Tan uses his, his void technique to get ultimate zen, and he always hits the targets with his bow and arrow. And he's been teaching, you know, you know, Rand, Rand's his son. He's been teaching him <laughs> the techniques. And so he says to Rand, eh, don't be so nervy, you know, picture the void. <laughs> yep. uh, but yeah, so Rand tries, he, he achieves the void, but then moments later it's gone because he starts thinking of the masked man. He can't hold the void in his head. Um, yes, but our, our, two, our two guys, they're off on a little journey, aren't they? They're going down yeah. to uh, Two Rivers, as we said, because it's Bell Time Festival, which, which is very similar to uh, the May Day Festival that we have here in the UK. So yeah. this is actually coming up next, uh, next week, Rob, <laughs> beginning okay. of May. So, happy May Day. Yeah, happy May Day. So the first uh, Monday of May, uh, we have what's called a bank holiday. So everyone takes the day off um and yeah we just celebrate the coming of spring all everyone has a spring clean of their house <laughs> and um there the actual thing because um as as rand and um tam are entering the village um they there's like a big pole been erected in the middle of the thing and all the young ladies are dancing around it and all the young ladies uh, that are unmarried will later on uh, have a piece of coloured uh, ribbon and they'll dance round the pole, wrapping the ribbon around the pole. And that is actually something we do here in the UK. It's not so big these days, but it is a um, it is part of like the May Day festivities. We also have Morris dancers, but I noticed he didn't put those in the book. No, no, I will have to say that for all uh, uh, Seinfeld. Do you fancy yourself a Seinfeld fan? Have you ever watched that show? Uh, I haven't. It wasn't really that big in the UK, which is strange because most of the big American sitcoms do come over here and do have a big audience. But yeah, Seinfeld, just no one in the UK ever got on with it. So it never aired for very long. When seeing of the poll, I will tell to all the other listeners who will get this joke, happy Festivus for the rest of us. (laughs) I have no idea what that means. That's the real, that that's the beauty of the joke. <laughs> we'll let that simmer. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, kind of a goodbye to winter, hello to spring type of type of uh, event. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole town. This is a you know two rivers is a small town where everybody knows everybody, and ev- this is a magnified event to where it's a gathering, a celebration, and everybody's happy. Everybody should be in good spirits. Yet when Tam and Rand arrive, Tam is immediately, uh, I guess, I wouldn't say accosted, but approached by a couple of couple, um, elders, I guess you could say, of the uh, Two Rivers Society, Sendwi, Whitconger. Mm-hmm. And they're not happy with, with, with the, uh, the women's circle of Two, two, two Rivers. <laughs> well, they're not happy with uh, Nynaeve, Nynaeve, are they? Nynaeve, yeah. She's too young. She's yes. just too young. Tam, what can we do? We ask her when this winter's going to end, and she just pulls her braid and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pulled the braid. I missed that one. I, think, I don't know if it might have been, but it was. It didn't happen live, so this didn't really count. <laughs> it was more or less a, every time I talked to her. Uh, yeah, just, I don't. Okay, but we'll we'll mark that down as something to keep an eye out every time Nanive pulls her braid. Yeah, but like I, said, <laughs> I didn't count this one as it wasn't all. We haven't met her yet, but mm. we're getting a we're getting a strong strong uh, opinion of her already. 
from the yes. men of the village. So the idea here is, guys, is that uh, each of these like little backwater villages, they have um, almost like a sage-type character. The head is, of uh, the women's circle. Are they the head of the women's circle, or are they? Yeah. I thought. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I know they. I know they explain the it a bit more in the book. Yeah, the village wisdom. That's how they word it. Yeah. yeah, and this person, someone who can listen to the wind, and the wind, you know, tells them things about the weather and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the people normally rely on them, and yeah, the local wisdom, uh, Nanive, who is very young to be for a wisdom. Uh, that becomes a very that comes much more apparent as the books go on that she is super super young to be a wisdom, mm-hmm. um, but she listens to the wind and she keeps saying, "Well, winter's going to be ending very shortly. Like it's already ended, but winter clearly has not ended, which is uh, ruining yeah ruining the men's faith." <laughs> what about our crops, Tam? What are we going to do about that? Yes, Tam's immediate immediate response. Yeah, send yeah. send buoy is like a bit of a knob. The old the old coot. Yeah. And you don't mess with send buoy. Nah. So Tan's immediate response is it is not our place where the wisdom is women's business. So yes. Tan Tan's like, I want no part of that at all. Which is probably <laughs> the safe generic man response. Yeah, so one of the <laughs> one of the things Jordan sets up in the uh, in the first chapter is to do with um the way the villages run, and I find it really funny because it is just a basic satire on modern life. It is. Because the village is run by the village council, which is all men, but there is also a women's circle. And, you know, the men, if the men try and get involved in women's circles business, uh, the women get very upset. <laughs> Whereas all the men on the council, uh, if, the women get, if the women get involved in council business, they, uh, they listen. <laughs> <laughs> because as as uh, as Senbui's wife comes out and tells him, you know, hey, if you want to cook your own dinners, you can do it if you want, and you won't be cooking them in my kitchen. So <laughs> decide whether you want to eat or not. And shut up. <laughs> and that tactic works rather well. It does work very very well. Uh, I, I thought I just find that really funny because it's just so true. It's it just is. like the men think, a lot of little yeah. idioms that Jordan uses. <laughs> And then uh, they come up operating that they just think are brilliant. Yeah, men men think they're in charge, but you know we all know that our wives are in charge. <laughs> For every good man, there's a better woman behind him. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, see, they they talk about sexism a lot uh, in the community because mm-hmm. apparently there's quite a lot of sexism in his books. But I just think he's just kind of being just a bit funny with it because yeah, because let's face it, it's set in some sort of a medieval esque world, so you know. You're not going to find too many women in charge, but at the same time, there are a lot of queens out there running kingdoms. In these I, think find, I think we're going to find that there are plenty of women in charge yeah. in this world, especially towards the end when we get the old uh, the old people from across the water. Yep. <laughs> so yes, I, I, I don't get I don't get it. I think there's a lot of thing. I get there will be some sexism, but he's also sexist towards men. Mm-hmm. That's what we've got in the first chapter. It's just like, well, you know, we're not really in charge. <laughs> but uh, we also get a, a little section here as well on about how the women are trying to marry off <laughs> Tam and Rand. <laughs> well, Tam, I think Tam more than all. Tam is Tam's. Let's get to the brain. Let's get to the uh, wine spring. Let's get to the wine spring. <laughs> you know, ditching all the women. Rand gets approached by the women asking, "Where's your father at? Why hasn't he settled down with a nice woman?" <laughs> 
Yes, because um, he's he's a good man and he's got a, a farm, <laughs> so he's he's automatically top of the breeding stock apparently. <laughs> and yep. uh, yeah, they know a lot of good women who would uh, who would love to uh, marry him. <laughs> and they always try and get to him because uh, Tam's always avoiding it. Oh, uh, yeah. So we get we're getting the idea here that Tam loved his ex-wife. Yes. And she's yeah. unfortunately no longer here. We don't know why yet or anything. But mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but yeah, poor, poor old Tam. He's been accosted by the women <laughs> of the village, and they're always trying. They're always trying to marry him off. He was. He, there was. He never really comes into the village because it's Beldine, and because he owes the uh, order of the Brandy Insider. He he was obligated by duty. So yeah, and it, and obviously he loves the archery contest. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny. And then Rand ends that note with the um, <laughs> the it normally ends with the women going to Rand. Oh, and how old are you nowadays? <laughs> Actually, I got the feeling that that Rand at this point Rand has been unofficially betrothed. Yes, to, to another character that we haven't met yet, but heard of. She's mentioned in the chapter. So uh, Egwene. Egwene, I'm yeah, there. At, Yes, and um, this this is the daughter of the tavern owner, and I think Rand actually mentions the fact that uh, oh no, yeah, when when Tam's talking about the flame and the void when they're walking down the road, he mentions to him, let's let's hurry up and get to the village. I'm sure you're you're like egging on to go see Egwene. <laughs> and Rand's just like, oh god, that's the last thing I want to think of because every time, <laughs> apparently, every time he goes to see her, he's like legs go to jelly. <laughs> Another uh, he video game character that we uh, know of. Hmm. We're good. Um. So yeah. So the guys, um, they make their way down through the village. They make their way through the plot holes of women trying to marry them off and men complaining. <laughs> and they finally reach the wine spring in. The wine spring. Yes. Yes. And we meet another main character potentially Tavir and level type character yes but obviously we don't know that yet <laughs> spoilers um, <laughs> now there is there's this little quote here that i want to pull out <laughs> Go ahead. where i think it's during the bit where they're talking about the women trying to marry them off and they say uh one of the prime uh, the prime traits of people from the two rivers is they could give mules lessons and teach stones <laughs> because they're so stubborn. Yes, very uh, stubborn. <clears throat> which I, I I just find that quite hilarious. But yes, <laughs> this is the point. So um, Rand Rand and his dad turn up at the wine spring in the uh, the owner of the wine spring, which is Egwene's dad. Uh, he comes. Down, yep, he comes down and he has a chat with them, and they all just start basically wittering on about uh, cancel business and women getting involved in the cancel business and what they're going to do about the winter. Uh, mm -hmm. Senbui starts complaining about Naneve again, which is going to be a theme for a little while. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, suddenly, out from behind the cart, a little voice pops up saying, hey, Rand. <laughs> hey, what's going on? And it's his, it's his little friend, Matt. And Rand actually says, Matt seems to never grow up. <laughs> I want to put this out there now. This is the introduction of my favorite character, probably in literature. I'm just going to say this. I think probably probably me too, to be honest. I just yes. as soon as Matt's voice started, so I'm, I was listening to the audiobook of the chats this morning, just to refresh my memory of stuff, and it was just like as soon as Matt pops in, like, I just smiled, just like oh, man, this is so good, <laughs> yeah. And Matt's basically like, "Hey, Rand, uh, 
I dragged this badger out of its den and it's really <laughs> pissed off. Do you want to come help me release it across the field and scare off all the girls playing around the pole? <laughs> <God. laughs> it's just like, oh, that's brilliant. And Matt Rand, doing that <laughs> yeah, he's doing his little cheeky grin. Uh, I, I love Matt to bits. And I love <clears> the way that Sam comes in and Matt Trim Calcone, oh, so nice of you to help us out. The more the more hands, the better. And then <laughs> yeah, Matt's like, what? Yeah, the entire the entire just energy is drained. It's like, oh. But he instantly oh. reinvigorates him. By telling him that there is a glee man already in the village and staying at the inn oh, and matt's just like oh yes <laughs> so a glee, a glee man a glee man is someone who i'm going to absolutely love for a lot of this book <laughs> uh, a glee man is basically a clown uh or gandalf <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf. Now there's yes. a picture. So, um, so this is our Gandalf type character for a little bit of the book, but mm -hmm. we haven't met him yet. And yeah, a Glee Man is basically a travelling performer. He does skits and shows and juggles and all that sort of stuff. Now they wear a specific cloak as well. <clears throat> yes, right? a, a patterned one. It's like lots of little patches all sewn together into one giant shimmering cloak. A Glee Man and his Technicolor raincoat. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, I can't wait till we get into some more stuff with the Glee Man. <laughs> oh, yes. So, I mean, this is pretty much it for the chapter. I think the only thing we need to mention um, is during the little whispered conversation with Matt and Rand, uh, Matt mentions that there was a visitor to the village. Oh, how, how scandalous. <clears throat> but Rand turns to Matt and says, was it a man dressed in a black coat sitting on a horse when his wind and the wind didn't touch its cloak? Matt goes, oh, you saw him too. Oh, oh, oh no. So both Matt and Rand have seen the mysterious cloaked man on horseback. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> awesome. We did not plan that, didn't we? That was sad. <clears throat> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> yes. Well, at so. the ending of the chapter, I think Matt mentions, hey, Brent, or, hey Rand, um, maybe we'll bump into Egwin. And Rand's like, Oh, <laughs> that might not be a better, That might not be the better option. <laughs> yes. So this is where this is where we leave our characters for now. So Matt and Rand have been put to work, to, uh, taking the barrels of cider and uh, whatever other alcoholic goods <laughs> that Tam's been concocting in his basement <laughs> down to the uh, to the cellar of the wine spring inn. Um, everyone's preparing for the Beltine Festival and is very excited. Um, and yeah, there's a Glee Man in town. And, and some that, other entity that we're not quite sure of. Yes, but so far only Matt and Rand have seen the cloaked man that makes Correct. that fills them with fear. That we know of. Yes. Cool. Do so. What did you think so, of the first chapter, Rob? It's a great opening. Um, I really, when I first read this, the scene when Rand saw the, the cloaked feet, cloaked figure, I pictured it in my mind a scene. I guess from Lord of the Rings, where Frodo's looking down the woods in uh, Return, or I'm sorry, in Fellowship of the Ring, and I think the camera does this maneuver where it, it zooms. It seems like it zooms in and it zooms out at the same time to give yes. us just overall feeling of dread. <laughs> and that's where I was thinking on that scene. Um, I love the introduction of Tam and how much 
he's bound by duty and he's a man of his word and he's a man that follows duty. He wants no part of being in the two rivers with all the <laughs> trying to marry off duty, marrying an off business that he's fit he has to run into. But he's a man bound by duty. We made this brandy, we made this cider, we owe it to them. Yeah, we just power power through. We're gonna do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of so I've got um two things. Just just to go over quickly. Go Our ahead. first real sub character is uh, Senbui. <laughs> Thatcher. Yeah. Uh, no, Thatcher? Oh, sorry, no. Uh, Whitconga, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, the, okay. Uh, yeah, Senbui is the Thatcher. Yeah, Whitconga. Whitconga is the one who comes up and he actually talks to the team. So he's the first real sub character that we've got. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he really hates Nanive. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's all we've got to say about him really at the moment. Uh, his linear line uh, it's the Congas and the uh, oh, I should have written that down. <laughs> uh, there's two, there's basically two families in the two rivers who are completely interbred with each other. <laughs> and they're one that begins. Yeah, they're known they're known all across the land as being um, <laughs> mischievous folk who cause trouble. <laughs> so look forward to more from Wit. Uh, for well, as a sub character for now, and also the Congers, the Congers and the Coplins, Congers and Coplins copulating together. Oh boy. <laughs> and <clears throat> I also, I think I found our first uh, Taravin point. <laughs> tar- I'm sorry, a Taravin point. Taravin right? point, yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, God, I'm going to stumble over that word so much. I think it will take me about eight episodes before I completely. It's always the name of right. podcast built about something. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so he mentions uh, when they get to the Wine Spring Inn that there's uh, the road basically runs through the village. One goes south and one goes north to the like the big village in the north and the big village in the south. Because mm-hmm. two rivers is kind of bang smack in the middle <laughs> of these two villages. And he says it's often noted by travellers that it's strange that they the two roads have two uh, that the one road has two different names depending on whether you're going north or south. But in the two rivers, that's just the way it has been. So that's the way it is. So I think that's the first Tarvi endpoint. Okay. Because the whole point of being um, <laughs> Tarvian is that the wheel and the wheel's pattern forms itself around you. So it's almost indicating that two rivers is the central point. So it's not just, you know, the two rivers road that runs through two rivers and goes to the two towns. It's here's the town to Darwin or whatever it was called and Port. Uh, I've got what the two towns are called, <laughs> but one's called the old road and one's called uh, this town road. But it just it, in, when I read that, I was just like, oh, my God, I think that might be the first hint that everything's centralizing towards the two rivers. Okay, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I, when I got to that, I was just like, I'm going to make a note of that. I thought that was a really interesting little snippet. It was just like, you know, one of those throwaway lines that authors often put in there, but it's to start making your mind think about where you are in the world. Because you wouldn't really <laughs> pick that up until your second, at least your second read through. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, <laughs> yeah, because the two rivers just sort of like, you know, fades away into the distance and then comes right back in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, I really so, enjoyed the first chapter. I did too. I did too. Um, I wanted to let everybody know, um, in case you haven't already, we did set up a Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are can be reached at 
Tavira and Pod without the apostrophe. As I found out the hard way that if you put an apostrophe in your Twitter name, it jacks it all up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So just at Tavian Pod. It's the V, man. I'm struggling with pronouncing a V. <laughs> my, my, my head knows it's there, but my tongue just doesn't want to roll it. <laughs> so, yes, next week, guys, we'll be covering Chapter 2, which is called Strangers. And you may be introduced to the Rand of our group, uh, <laughs> Mr. Rich, yes. hopefully. Uh, and uh, myself, I think, I think Rich may have to be called Perrin. <laughs> Only based on the fact that Rich is doing a lot of weightlifting at the moment. <laughs> yes, yes, we do not want to make him too too angry. But, Rich, but you know, Perrin's the big boy of the group. Uh, Rich Smash. Although no, no one knows who Perrin is yet. <laughs> who is that? Who is, who is <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. And Bill. Yes. I will see you at the wine the spring. Wine spring. Yes. <laughs> cool. I'll see you there. Hey. I'm, I'm looking forward to some uh, to some Alfor to some Alfor cider. You owe me a pint. I, I need some of that Alfor cider too. <laughs> Take care, guys. Take care, guys. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.